0: This is Devita Williams. You're listening to the Quantum Leap Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Quantum Leap Podcast, everyone. I'm Christopher DeFilippis, bringing you the latest in our series of interview redo specials, featuring the interviews we did with the cast and crew of the Quantum Leap Revival series throughout season one, most of which appeared only on our YouTube channel. And get your boarding passes because we're at episode 17, The Friendly Skies, where Ben leaps into an airline stewardess who must stop a pair of hijackers. And speaking of those hijackers, we spoke to both of them. First, Albie, Matt, and I had the privilege of speaking with guest star Devita Williams who plays hijacker Leslie Drobis. And then Matt and I interview Bart Johnson who played the hijacker Paul Kirk and it was a scene. Bart spoke to Matt and me from the beach after he got done surfing. I mean this, this guy might be the coolest guy I've ever spoken to. Also very cool or producers Harold Sullivan, Glenda Palma, Chris aka Brackmang, Mike Covert, Jeff Kiska, Craig Reedler, Cosplay Dad. Charles Allen Gossard and Morgan Felden. Go to patreon.com slash quantum leap podcast to learn more about how you can support the show. Now secure your tray tables and put your seats in their upright positions. It's time for takeoff.
2: Hi, this is Matt. Uh, I'm here with Albie and Chris, and today on the podcast, we have a very special guest with us. Uh, we have joining us Davida Williams, who played Leslie in the latest episode of Quantum Leap. Davida, welcome to yes. the show.
0: Hello. How are you guys?
2: Uh, we're great. We're very happy you could join us. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me.
2: Um so before we talk about your time on Quantum Leap, and we've just seen the episode, we're, we're super excited about it. So we, we want to delve into that as soon as possible. Could you tell us a little bit about how you got started in acting, a bit about your background?
0: Yeah. So I grew up in Los Angeles and I, you know, kind of have a family of artists. My dad was a musician. He played the guitar for Michael Jackson for about 30 years and wow. Madonna for years. And um, yeah, I always wanted to be in entertainment, just not in that capacity, not in music. <laughs> I have a little sister who's a musician. Um, so I started auditioning very young, and I started doing sitcoms. I did Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Sister, Sister and all those shows. And then during high school, I did a Disney show called Lizzie McGuire. And, yeah, I've been working ever since.
2: Well, so um, a child star, and not, not <laughs> everyone who um, who starts off in the business that young sticks with it. For you, was was there ever any doubt when you when you kind of grew up? Did you think, maybe I'll shift somewhere else?
0: Yeah, I definitely took breaks. Um, after I graduated high school and stopped, Lizzie McGuire was done. I took a break for a couple of years. I worked at an agency, a modeling agency, because I thought maybe, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to be on the other side. And, and then I realized I definitely don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I've definitely taken breaks and and, uh, tried different things, but then I just always end up back.
2: Back where it all started. Yeah. Um, so, so what? um, what settled you back into acting after your, after your break doing modeling? What's, um, talk us through kind of. Well,
0: I wasn't actually a model. I was, I was a oh. modeling agent, like a junior agent. Okay. And it was just, it was, It's a lot of work. I have the utmost respect for agents and managers and yeah, it's a lot. Um, But then I remember I heard about an audition for a uh, soap opera and I hadn't auditioned in like two years. And I was like, you know what, let me just try. So I took the train to Brooklyn and I auditioned for it and I ended up booking it. So then I just quit my job and started a soap opera. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how I got back. <laughs> yeah,
1: that'll do it, right? Yeah. 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 I book some work. I'm back Again. in. <laughs> I you make it sound so, so, I,
2: so easy.
0: And it really, it's, it, I know that did sound really easy saying that, but I, it, it's definitely not. It's definitely a lot harder than that, but it just happened to be the right role in the right situation. Mm. And yeah.
1: So, um, how did, uh, that lead to you, uh, getting the role on quantum leap?
0: Uh, that was a tape. That was one of, I don't know if you know how the auditions go now. We don't really do a lot of in-person auditions. You have to send in a tape to casting directors and all of that. And that was one of my first tapes of the year. Um, and then I taped it, I sent it in and you kind of just have to send those things in and forget about them because you never know if you're going to hear anything. And, um, and then like a week and a half later my manager called and was like you got it so I, it was exciting it's a, such a great show to be a part of so
2: and what what was the turnaround like after you'd after you'd heard that great news that you'd you landed the role was it straight into filming
0: it was pretty quick They're, their episodes are about 8 days long Mm -hmm. which um a lot of shows are five days but theirs are a bit longer so it was pretty quick because I had to you have to COVID test now and I had to do a fitting Mm -hmm. and um I got to try on all these really cool clothes from the 70s that they found which was fun uh even though we only ended up using one outfit but yeah I got to try on some really cool stuff so yeah it was it was straight to um hair and makeup test as well uh Mm -hmm. before I shot and then yeah and then shooting
2: Awesome. Did, did you have much say in the final choice of the the costume? You said you you tried on a few different outfits.
0: No. Yeah, a few different things. I didn't really um, you never you don't have that much control, especially as a guest star. But I loved so many of the things that I tried on. So I wasn't you know, I didn't really care what they chose. And they ended up picking <laughs> one of my favorites anyway. So, yeah. Oh, good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that it wasn't such a flamboyant costume, but that wouldn't have fit the character anyway, because mm-hmm. Leslie was not only a police officer, but she was also trying to avoid attention yes. <laughs> until the right moment. So.
0: Yes. Yeah. So it wasn't too so- over the top seventies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, I have to assume that, that, that was all a giant set. Um, it looked like it was very expansive. It, it, I know that part of the episode they were trying to like bring you back to the heyday of flying in the sense where you had these huge jumbo jets that had a couple of floors that had all of the, you know, the cocktails and and the food and and everything. I mean, what was it like stepping, stepping onto that set? Because it, it seemed so expansive on camera.
0: It was so cool. I it was it was really cool. I took a lot of behind the scenes videos of the the plane itself because it was awesome. I got to I was sitting in the cockpit for a few scenes and I was like, is this a real plane? And they were like, yep, we're using it. They were using like actual plane parts. Um, So that was it was really cool. I've never actually shot on a plane and I wasn't aware of how they do those kinds of things. And it was cool. It had multiple levels um, and, you know, first class section and cocktail area. And I mean, I wasn't around for those. I don't think I've been on a plane like that. So I mean, I'm (laughs) sure they, you know, exist, but I like I've never been on a plane that large. It was
1: cool. It's safe to say that uh, I don't think any of us on this panel have been on a plane that large. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It would kind of make me a little bit nervous, I think. Just uh, I don't know how planes work but having that much metal in the air is just i don't know how safe i (laughs) feel
3: so it was uh, a plane in a building is that is that how that worked or was it yeah
0: they film in a and on a lot and so it was in one of the big sound stages and they just like rebuilt this plane and then yeah we shot in in it it was really really cool
2: wow wow so everything was
0: Yeah, I was literally on this one. They actually they were like, you're really lucky, because a lot of times we go on location and we're all over the place filming um, and we just got back from location. But my entire episode was literally just in this plane. So I just tried to go to one place every day. Yeah.
3: Um, you're part of the episode. Uh, one of the main parts of the episode is the reveal that you're one of the hijackers. So, um, was it difficult to play like, um, not a hijacker that was a hijacker in the first half. And, and was that different from playing the hijacker in the second half?
0: Yeah, it, it is. It was fun. I mean, the director, her name is Linda Mendoza. She was awesome. And she really wanted to make sure that we, I was like, am I playing this kind of mysterious? And she was like, no, we don't, want to give anything away. So, you know, I was just trying to really be kind of incognito in the beginning. And then, you know, I reveal my true motives kind of later on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was just trying to not give anything away at the beginning.
3: Did you have any weapons training for that uh, scene where you pulled the gun on uh, Ben?
0: So, I have never really had any weapons training. Um, Caitlin, she was so helpful because you know she has this background, this army background, and and I'm I'm very hesitant about firearms on set just because I had myself had never done it, and also mistakes happen, and I you know I didn't want anything to happen. But she was very very helpful in before we shot every single time they do safety testing and all of that kind of stuff. And she wanted to look inside the gun every single time. And, you know, and I learned a lot because there's no real, they don't really teach you. They don't really teach actors beforehand. So you kind of are like thrown into it. And, um, so it was really nice to have her there and have her knowledge. Cause she, she knows, <laughs>
1: So tell us a bit about that, that experience on set. You said that you were working with Caitlin a little bit behind the scenes, but, um, you know, give give us a little bit more about uh, working with, with Ray and um, sort of the, the, the general atmosphere, because it's for, for this um iteration of quantum leap, it's, it's unique to the series. It's the first time they've ever done almost like a bottle show entirely mm-hmm. on such a small stage, mm-hmm. you know, we were just maybe three sets in this one yet. You know, you, you felt, it felt authentic. So I just want to know about sort of the process that went into the shooting and then maybe describe some of that stuff for us.
0: Um, Well, this the vibe of the set is so it's awesome. Everyone is so nice and friendly and um, like the crew and the cast, I can't say enough good things about them. And a lot of times, especially when you come in as a guest star, you're, it can be nerve wracking because you don't know anybody and everybody's already established and they have these relationships, but Raymond is amazing, Kalen's amazing. Everybody on that show is so cool um and makeup and hair and all of that. But um filming itself was actually like really efficient. I never waited around. I feel like on every set you're always, you know, sitting around waiting for hours until you go, but that was also a testament to Linda Mendoza the director. She knows what she wants and we kind of went in, did a couple times, moved on. She was she was very direct and she knew what she wanted um so you know they were long they were like 12 hour days like normal but she she got it she pumped it out we were never overtime or any of that
3: i had a question um you you have a kissing scene in this episode with bart the the guy who plays <laughs> the other hijacker uh the co-pilot of, of yes. in, in the show uh, with all the COVID protocols, has that changed things like uh, kissing scenes? Is there a special preparing you have to do? or
0: You have to do a COVID test like once every four days or something like that. It's like three or four days. And then if you have something like that, you have to do it again that morning before it happens. Mm. Um, so, yeah, the protocol has changed a bit.
3: Okay, thank you. Yeah. uh could i could i just uh ask you about something else i rewatched uh, your episode of deep space nine this morning uh do you have any memory of oh that <laughs> <Children> of Time. <laughs> i was gonna go i got really too. excited oh when I at we to segue and saw deep space nine you know how you know. do you, do you have any memory so of that
0: funny i was you know it's so fun. i do have a little bit of memory and i had a girl named shira that was in the episode and we stayed in touch and um she, it, it was I was so young that I didn't understand how cool that job was, you know what I mean? Like it's such a I mean Star Trek. It's it's crazy to be a part of something like that. Um but I did think it was really cool because I had this, you know, that red jumpsuit and then I had those spots that they had to draw all over my face and I remember always I'd never had any kind of makeup like that done to me so i remember being that age and being like this is kind of cool it's like halloween a little bit Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but that was yeah it was pretty awesome to be out just be on that set and get to kind of you know be an alien essentially and (laughs) um yeah it was fun long time ago though long long
3: long time ago yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah. If you haven't figured it out, we're not only, you know, quantum leap fans, but we're three huge Star Trek fans too. I mean, yeah. There's no way you're getting out of the interview <laughs> so without <exactly>. asking about <laughs> DS9. <laughs> Tell I mean, us everything you can remember about DS9. Yeah,
0: I wish I remembered, I wish I remembered more, but I did remember definitely like the, the spots and the red outfit. Mm. And yeah, it was cool. Mm. It was pretty cool. It's cool. That's yeah.
1: Really cool. Really cool. So, I mean, I mean, um, can you you had a a bunch of scenes with with Ray in this one can you talk about working with Raymond Lee
0: oh he's so nice he's just the kindest person and um i think you know he's part of the reason why that set is so relaxed because you kind of, the lead kind of sets the tone for the show and how people what people can get away with essentially and mistreatment and things like that so everyone's just so nice and um yeah, he's just, he's really cool and he's really easy to talk to. And we talked about his kids and his family and yeah, he's just like a family guy. We kind of live near each other. Um, yeah, it it was really, I'm really glad that I got to work with him. I am really glad he's, he's also very talented. So that too.
3: Did anything change from when you got the trips to when you started filming?
0: No, I think the story was pretty much the same. There were a couple of lines that they like changed a little bit or, you know, they would just tweak a couple words here and there. But for the most part, the tape that I did uh, ultimately was the character and the thing, the audition that I did ultimately was what I was doing on screen. It was it was pretty similar. Yeah.
2: I'm interested in understanding more about the the atmosphere on the set um, because he, he talked about it being kind of a, a well-oiled machine, um, if I can paraphrase yeah. you. Um, and it, it, everything seemed to be very, very smooth and efficient. It, it felt watching it like a very – it was a very high-energy episode. It, it was one of those episodes that never – it didn't let up – it it didn't let you breathe we're also as fans watching it uh getting ready for the season finale as well so it's that that just ups the stakes was was there any feeling of that on set or how did that translate to the feelings on set was there a kind of a a feeling of energy there along with that efficiency
0: there there was um just i mean there were so many scenes that we're so fun and so high energy. I mean, when the, we get smoke bombed in the cockpit and we're like choking and banging on the door there, it was a lot of high energy. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of, of also, Oh, there was, there's also this part where, you know, you see a lot of turbulence happening on the flight. Um, but, you know, that was just us kind of, like, shaking in our seats. Like, mm-hmm. by our, we, we kind of just did that ourselves. There was no actual, nothing was actually shaking. So um, I'm glad you felt that it was such high energy and high stakes because <laughs> I was like, I hope this looks okay. I'm kind of just <laughs> shaking. I, <in> like <laughs> I,
2: I don't know about the guys. I assume that was on Gimbals or something, but was that the old-fashioned, you shake around, the camera shakes around? And <laughs> yeah, yeah. The I mean, old Star the, Trek even like method. the
0: the uh, the kid sitting next to me, who's the, you know the the airline owner's son, he was like yeah. shaking his knees under the table, like the little mm-hmm. table on his seat, and he was making it, and it was making everything shake. So it was just like it was just us, <laughs> <It> was <laughs> kind of faking that. <laughs> and I was holding Oddly. champagne, just going like this, yeah.
4: And,
0: yeah. So I'm glad it looked all it looked realistic because I've never done. Anything that high-stakes, before an action, and i would never held a firearm yeah. in in anything before. Uh, I did a lot of Disney, so oh, so this yeah. was like a, a first, a first of a lot of things for me. So I'm glad that it felt the way it was supposed to feel. You know,
2: mm-hmm. it it was it was 45 minutes or 42 minutes of sort of nonstop edge of seat. Okay, good. Almost <laughs> praying for it to just pause and breathe but at the same time okay. not um <laughs> good it, good it just, good i'm glad and then the end credits happen
0: oh my God. i'm glad I, I can't i haven't again i haven't even seen it but i'm excited i'm really excited
3: was the smoke in the cockpit was that all in post or was there actually like some smoke on the day
0: no they they smoked us out <laughs> <laughs> it's I mean it's like that you know that dry ice or whatever it is so it wasn't actual smoke but I, w- I remember texting my mom really excited about it I was like we're about to get smoke bombed mom <laughs> it was fun it's just you know stuff that I'd never experienced before so
1: so now that you have quantum leap in your re- rear view mirror um, where can uh, our listeners uh, be seeing you next? Do you have any up- upcoming projects
0: um uh, you know just. Right now, last week actually, with one of my co-stars from Lizzie McGuire, we launched a podcast where we go through the episodes and we talk about the episodes. It's called "Living Lizzie," a very McGuire podcast. Um, so I think the uh, <laughs> I think the first three episodes are out now. They come out every Friday, um, and they're on you know Apple and Spotify and wherever podcasts are. And yeah, and just I'm just mm-hmm. sending in lots of tapes and you know seeing what works. <laughs>
2: I don't know. Episode by episode podcasts, it'll never take off.
0: fan fancasts.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, people that just talk about their favorite shows.
0: <laughs> so that, I was, so, yeah. At first, I was like, "Wait, is he being sarcastic?" Yeah, obviously. No.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I, I am being sarcastic. Yeah,
0: there's a there's a couple of them that I mean people people like them, and I actually hadn't really yeah. heard of. Them. I'm not a big listener of podcasts. I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. And then suddenly I'm uh, hearing about all of these show podcasts of these like, yeah, either current shows or old shows. And you're talking about the episodes. Mm-hmm. And so and it's been fun. I hadn't seen Jake Thomas, who's my co star. I hadn't seen him in person in years. So we got together and it was it was good. It was fun.
1: Yeah, you're on the leading edge of a lot of the uh, the fan casts because uh, it seems to me that's uh, the the newest trend is getting the people who are actually mm-hmm. in the show mm-hmm. coming back so many years later mm-hmm. to talk about the show. I think the um the one of the top podcasts now is Pod Meets World. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's got three of the main casts from Boy Meets World. So okay. I mean you're, you're sort of in good you're on, on the leading edge there okay, when it comes to it. fan casts. So we
3: started
0: it not really you know, we're like if this works, great. If it doesn't, you know. But we've gotten a, a great response, it seems, on social media and stuff. So, and it's been fun. You
3: know, a, a lot of people still like Lizzie McGuire. I was uh, uh, pleasantly surprised watching How I Met Your Father, and they used a flashback to Lizzie McGuire for that show too, because it showed Hilary Duff younger. Yeah. So that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's what that's what Jake was telling me is that they yeah. they refer back to her. Um, like Lizzie Days, which is that's cool. Yeah,
3: yeah. So that'd be cool.
1: So I, I know Alby is not going to ask because he probably doesn't want to intrude, but um, we have a resident huge Michael Jackson fan. Sitting
0: oh my gosh! Today, <laughs> yeah.
1: and no I'm idea. sure that he would love to hear any MJ stories you might have to give, considering um, your history,
3: yeah, or your yeah. dad's history. I yeah, guess. you mentioned both yeah, my it's, both it's, my favorite artists growing up, so <laughs> Madonna and Michael
0: Jackson. And Madonna's. <laughs> Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I mean, both of those were my two first concerts. I was like, baby, baby, you know, Michael holding me backstage. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just such a big part of my childhood because yeah, it was my dad's job for 30 years and they became really close and, and I'm still, you know, I'm close with a lot of the nieces and the nephews and, um, cause they were all close with my dad as well. And, um, but yeah, I just remember like, not even really knowing how cool it was, I remember I invited a bunch of my girlfriends and and guy friends actually one year I think I was like twelve thirteen to neverland for my birthday, and we like slept there and stuff and um we had our own little like cabins and things and we did all the rides and we had i had this like there were all these golf carts you'd drive around that were looked like escalades and things and Mm -hmm. i didn't have a license i was very little and i thought it was the coolest thing ever um and yeah and i like so i I knew that it was fun going on rides and seeing all the animals but i don't think i understood like the scope of it until i got older one of my friends was like remember you took me to neverland (laughs) i was like oh yeah i guess i guess we did (laughs) we did do that yeah but my dad would take me to neverland all the time um you know on the weekend or whatever it was like a 2 hour drive from LA and so those those were my i think my fondest memories was just like having an amusement park to yourself basically <laughs> it's pretty crazy to think about
3: <laughs> what a way to grow up that's crazy
0: i know i know i know it really is it is strange to like say it out loud and be like that was yeah that was my childhood um <laughs> <laughs> but it's still it is. I'm I'm still you know a huge fan too. There's not. I I think I'm so jaded too because you go to concerts now and you're like, oh well this a, this isn't like the concerts I am used to go <laughs> to. You know, with all the like Cairo and the you. yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was good times. Good times.
1: Yeah, traveling around two of the biggest acts in 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 the world at the time.
3: Yeah,
0: that was the other thing that was cool is I got to do a lot of traveling when I was little to go visit my dad. So that Mm. was that was cool.
3: What was it like working with that young actor that your character was bodyguarding?
0: Oh, he was so great. Um, He was awesome. He is a college student at Duke he was extremely smart he was a history major and i remember asking him we were sitting next to each other on the plane and i remember like we'd have a lot of we'd have some time to talk and i remember asking like how do you do acting tapes in college like who tapes you who reads with you who's like and he's like mm-hmm. it's very difficult to find like a college kid who just wants to come to my dorm and tape me and read and stuff but he gets it done and so um, he you know he was he was really he was like extremely smart and i think he was um also a child star he was on a, Nick, a nickelodeon show um for a while yeah and then he's like taking a little break for college but clearly he he missed a little bit to come back here and do quantum leap yeah he was great
1: Well, I mean, getting to to Quantum Leap, uh, this is a question we usually ask a lot earlier in the interview, but uh, I know that you were globetrotting with the biggest acts in the world in the (laughs) 80s and the 90s, but were you familiar with the original Quantum Leap? Uh, Did you have any history with the original series?
0: I didn't. I didn't at all. I knew that this was a remake, um, but I I hadn't watched it, you know? And I, kind of similar to the Star Trek thing, Mm -hmm. I, I, I think that's the genre that's just I've never gotten into. Not that I don't like it. I've just actually never seen any of it, and like Mm -hmm. the sci-fi shows and things. So maybe I should start since I've been involved in all this (laughs) sci-fi.
1: Well, we can tell you this: you are on a really good episode of Quantum Leap, and you're on a really good episode of DS Nine. So that's a good place to
0: start. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. The universe is telling you something. yeah they are. i am excited to watch though i'm really excited
3: do you have special plans for watching the episode uh tomorrow night i guess this time pretty close
0: yeah yeah um i was possibly my mom is in town she lives on the east coast usually um so we were thinking i'd get together with my mom and my sister to watch it which that's would be awesome. nice
3: awesome.
2: Okay. nice
0: and i love that you guys get it early That's so. Mm-hmm. that's so great <laughs>
2: We love it too. It's it's very useful. (laughs) Well, this uh, interview has taken us down some routes that I've got to admit, I was not expecting. We've, we've talked about so many different things. Um, Davida, it's been so much fun having you on the show. Um, Thank you so much. And, uh, Hopefully the fans will uh, seek out your podcast and I know you said you're sending off a lot of tapes at the moment. So hopefully we'll see you in some more stuff later this year. But for now, um, once again, just thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun.
2: Hey, this is Matt and Chris at the Quantum Leap Podcast, and today on the show, we have been hijacked by none other than Bart <laughs> Johnson <laughs> from the Friendly Skies, uh, co-pilot Kirk, the uh, the friendly co-pilot who turns out to be the hijacker. Uh, Bart, welcome to the show. Great to have you on. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me.
4: Pleasure. Pleasure. <laughs>
2: Um, we really want to talk about your experiences about Friendly Skies obviously and uh, all the fun you had on Quantum Leap but could you first uh, fill us in a little bit about uh, your your past how you got into the business and um, maybe tell us about some of the
4: the other things you've been doing before Quantum Leap Oh gosh okay that's that might be a, a long conversation There's a hell of You can just tell us about, about high school enough. musical if you want cuz Okay I I <laughs> uh, I I know the right answer I'll let me see if I can uh Get to it quickly. There's a helicopter coming by. I'm gonna to have to speak in a friendly <laughs> skies. I'm just gonna let this thing pass by so I don't mess up my audio. So
1: while while we wait for that, I'm going to describe to the audio listeners out there that Bart might be the coolest interview we've ever had. Matt and I are sat in our offices in front of our microphones. Bart is I don't know jogging on the beach in L.A. He's got the he's got the surf <laughs> crashing <laughs> behind him. The wind is in his hair. I mean, he's the coolest dude I've ever interviewed. Yeah. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> Actually, <it. laughs> I, went,
4: I went surfing this morning and I was looking. At oh, like, I was gotta get out. I gotta get out of the water. These guys are gonna be calling me here anytime. <laughs> so, like, I was racing to the uh, to the uh, to the car and with my jug of water, taking the sand off me. So, uh, but I'm glad I made it. Glad to be here, guys. <laughs> the surf is just surf wasn't that great anyway. You can see it's kind of small today. So,
2: <laughs> but it's I, a great I, way. Chris and I it's regularly surf ourselves, so we, we yeah, know yeah, we, yeah. we know what good yeah. and bad waves it's are a, to surf. It's a great way
4: to start the day. You know, if the water's 55, oh. so it wakes you up and uh, and you're going. That's awesome. I, I that awesome. I heard I uh, heard Chris Carter, when he was writing X-Files, he surfed every morning. He'd surf in the morning and cleared his head and, you know, connect with nature. And then he could write those scripts like like a madman, like he does.
1: Yeah, he knows how to trace the conspiracy. Thanks. It's a bracing morning. All, yeah. all of the ideas start popping in your head, I guess. Yeah, right? yeah,
4: the so. mysterious Mother Nature. Let your mind go crazy. <laughs> okay, so uh, to answer your question, my background, my gosh. So, um... Yeah, I, uh, I uh, grew up in the movie business. My mom was a hairstylist. She did like uh, hair from Mork and Mitty, Brady Bunch, Charlie's Angels. So I was kind of that kid in the hair trailer growing up. And and then I started uh, being on the set of all these movies. And I watched uh, Richard Donner and and uh, Joel Silver and these guys making movies. And I was just a little kid. And I watched the magic, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I love this! I love this world! I love everything about it! I want to! I want my life to be here in in the movies." And um, it, it just stuck with me forever, and until I was in college and. And I, I couldn't take it anymore, and I, I dropped out and, and pursued, moved to Hollywood, and um and and uh, chased the dream. So um yeah, it, it's been great. Um I, I got uh I've there's there's a few points in my in my career I guess that are kind of stand out that that you know it's funny as actors you, you every once in a while you get a really great job you're like oh, finally. Finally, I've got to a certain level, and then a couple years later, it feels like you're starting over. And that's kind of the life of an actor a a lot. And, And one of those times was I got the phone call from Kenny Ortega, who I knew from Newsies way back long time ago the disney musical newsies i knew him from then and he's always been a, um, a big supporter of my career he's been really terrific and he he called me one day and said um hey bart listen i'm i'm, I'm doing he, now he's already done newsies and hocus pocus he's, he's a big time director and he said look i'm doing this little disney channel movie it's called high school musical we don't we don't have a name for it yet we're just going to call it high school musical until we come up with the name it's a little film no one's going to see it but we're gonna have a lot of fun I don't like the people they are giving me for a coach. I want you to play the coach. What do you say? And so that's how that happened. I auditioned for it and, um, I didn't get the part actually (laughs) because I was too young. He's like, go put gray. I'm going to get you back in there. Go put gray in your hair and act like act older. And I I went back in and screen tested, got the part. And, uh, and, uh, um, and you know, who who saw that coming? No one, nobody knew that was going to turn into, to, to, such a big thing. So, um, right. Yeah, yeah, and it's been like the funnest ride ever. It's been it's been so much fun. Um, it was the greatest greatest ride ever. I remember we were shooting we were shooting High School Musical one, and uh, we were shooting this. There's a, a particular song in there called "Stick to the Status Quo," and uh, we were watching the the choreography and the dancing, and it's like people doing backflips off the tables, and just uh, it's amazing. I mean, Kenny's directed the opening closing ceremony of Olympics, you know, with Paul McCartney and. Two thousand dancers. I mean, he's done these big, huge, amazing things. So when we watch this little Disney Channel movie, are like, "Oh my gosh, this is this is incredible. This is amazing." We knew there's something going on. There's something special. We still had no idea that it was going to debut to be the biggest cable movie of television history. 18 million viewers out of nowhere. No, no special advertising or or, or anything. Just out of nowhere, 18 million people watched it and um, turned into the biggest franchise um, in cable history. And and uh, made over a billion dollars it it's crazy it's crazy and and the best part though for me the best part for me is, you know um I never uh, shied away from uh leaning into the fandom and and uh I love being the coach I love the part I you know I should be so lucky to to, to uh be known as as a uh, coach Bolton from from this franchise so I've had the greatest time of the fans I've leaned into it I've I've uh I play that character uh Whenever you know, whenever the crowd wants to see it, and uh, made a million friends, and and I do TikToks and Instagrams, and I, I kind of like do some parodies on it mm-hmm. and uh, have a great time with it. But that that was a <laughs> that was a good one. That was a, that was a good good time. Awesome. Was that too much? That was too much? So, huh? Like oh, we were no no that was, down these questions. that was great. Okay, I, I
2: haven't seen the High School Musical films for years, and I, I'm just I'm all psyched up to rewatch them now. <laughs> um, so let let's talk about Quantum Leap. Set the scene you're you're out there surfing you get the call i, I imagine while you're surfing you get the calls saying this, we've got an audition for you you do a self-tape
4: while you're out there to, how did that all happen you know, that's about that's about right i got i got the call of quantum leap um it uh for this for this part of this pilot i'm, I'm really a pilot so i was like oh that's cool man I, I would love to play a pilot turns out the showrunner's a pilot too so we got to like geek out on uh, uh you know talking about flying and, and this kind of stuff so um I get the script and I'm like, okay, yeah, he's, he seems like a nice guy. It's, you know, that's kind of maybe a little boring And then I got halfway through the script and I was like, oh, hang on a second. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you don't see it coming. The way they played it, I thought it's really great. They don't really kind of uh, hint to anything. Uh, they, they kind of let you think he's just, you know, he's just, he's just a good guy. And dealing with this like older curmudgeon kind of, you know, chauvinist kind of, you know, seventies older pilot um, who was great, by the way, he was terrific, and then, uh, yeah, yeah, so it's one of those nice surprises when you're, you're reading the script, and, and you realize, oh, this character has got some, it's got some stuff to it, there's some texture here, this is gonna, this is gonna be fun, so yeah, send in, literally, like, sent in, um, a self-tape, I taped it in my garage, sent in the tape, and then a few days later, they said, you're in, you got the part, so, um, it was great, it shoots at Universal, which is right down the street from my house, which is really nice, and, um, Turns out, like, the, the cast is amazing. Like, the, those guys, Ray and Caitlin, they're incredible, incredible, beautiful people. And the director was great, and the show was amazing. I mean, it's just like, it's one of those jobs where you like, ah, oh, yeah, I could, I wouldn't mind coming here every day. This is, this is good stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So you're a pilot. Um, did that help? I'm, I'm sure that helped inform like your actions in that cockpit. But I, I imagine you're not flying, you know, giant 747s from the 70s that have two floors and cocktail lounges and disco bars and, and all that. So, I mean, can you tell me, I mean, because it, it, it seems so real. We we thought that there was like maybe a fuselage or part of a fuselage on a gimbal somewhere. Because that's what we've seen in other episodes of Quantum Leap, at least one other episode of Quantum Leap. So, uh, if you can just talk about like the set and how how all that like came together and what it was like to be to be there.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's um, if I were to walk into a modern day 747, I, I wouldn't have a clue what to do. Now, the ones in the 70s, you know, they're they're so good about this this kind of stuff, you know, making it authentic and uh, make it appropriate for the, for the era. Um, it's a lot closer to the airplanes I know how to fly. So it was a lot of, you know, not, not as much technology going on. So it, it makes a difference. I remember I did an, um, now this is a Don Belisario show, you know, and I did a Don Belisario show where I played a helicopter once and I, I, re- I learned this is an interesting lesson. They have all these technical advisors on set watching you very carefully because they don't want people at home to be taken out by you doing something silly. So I remember um, I flew a helicopter in an episode of JAG and guess what I did? And I, and I was holding on to the car. I've never flown a helicopter, but um, I understand it's you know it's very small movements. But I was, I was holding on to one of the levers and kind of moving this way and, and just kind of shaking it this way. And they're like, "Oh no, no, hang on, hang on." And the Marine guys come in like, "Listen, all the, the Marine pilots," and they said, "Your hand wouldn't go this way; you go this way and shake. You shake this way, not this way." I'm Like, what, well, geez, man? I got. I'm trying to do a scene here, and like, I get. <laughs> I, got, I got to think about this helicopter. I got to my helicopter hits a UFO in an episode of JAG. And I got to think about this like okay spread me a little thin here but that that's how how intense they are about wanting to make it authentic and and uh make it real so i you know i appreciate that going in so i I wanted to go uh sit in the airplane i wanted to make sure i'm you know look going over the checklist the the way i i know that we would as pilots and and having a showrunner that's a pilot is really helpful because we can sit there and tell stories about Uh, different accidents and airplanes and you know, how different things, you know, happen inside the cockpit in that air. Like it was, it was great. It was really, really helpful that way. I, and, and by the way, I took a bunch of video and stuff. I, I'll have to share it. I, I wasn't supposed to share it until after the show um, aired, but um, the way they built this airplane, they, so they bring in, you know, the, this is a nice thing about a big studio show like this is they can bring in the airplane. So there was two sound stages there was the cockpit area was all one piece in a, in one sound stage and um they had it kind of like in the in the dark so they could you know shoot around it and they, all these cameras outside the window so so you're sitting imagine you're sitting in the airplane you're I'm trying to cast as behind it. the action's happening and they got the smoke machine going and everything else but what i'm looking at is like this little tiny window and a bunch of cameras and a bunch of camera guys in the dark cuz you're be flying through <laughs> the dark in this part of the show and they're all you know staring staring at you um through this little tiny window so it's kind of a cool looking like a uh, little movie magic um moment there and then they had a whole nother part of the plane w- where things are happening in, in the back with the um the the flight attendants are, are going up and down the aisle and all that kind of so that's a whole different soundstage so they had a couple different sets for that so it was um uh, it was pretty cool it was really really cool how they put that all together I'll have to share. Now. I'll put that on my Instagram.
2: Yeah, do it. <laughs> the fans would love to see. Cool. Yeah, for sure.
4: So, so Some kids are going surfing. Um, they should be in school right now. Making me jokes. <laughs> Going spring break. Oh, spring break. You're right. Spring
1: break. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And we, we had spoken to your co star, uh, Davida, who played your uh, secret girlfriend. Yeah, I love Davida.
4: <laughs> She's
1: great. Yeah. So if you want to talk a little bit about working with her, um, she had uh, especially fond memories of the scene where you guys got smoked out. And we had assumed that that was all uh, done in post. But uh, from what I understand, they really did smoke you guys out. Oh, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. which is so much better. It's so much better. I think it's so much better to have uh, Anytime there could be uh, a choice between practical effects and and uh, special effects post. The practical effects are so much for an actor. It just it makes it feel real. You know, it puts that texture in the air and you really feel like something's going on. And uh, it really helps. You know, like just like when I when I'm slamming on the door, it gave me something to hit. Which is great because I don't I don't want to fake hit something, but they need the camera, you know, in the doorway. And I'm like, let us out, let us out. I'm trying to get out, and they get something to smack so I can really try to, you know, yank on something to get out. So when the smoke's coming in, and, and we are supposed to react to that. Oh, all, all those little tiny little things that really sets the sets the stage nicely for, uh, for actors. So we, I, I think it was, I think it was really good. It Emotive, you know, you can look at it, you can see it, you can feel it. You know, uh, the whole the whole like point of acting, you're, you're always trying to, uh, not have fake emotions, right? Like your the whole goal is to, to really feel things. And that's, you know, that's like kind of the essence of, of what you're trying to do in that. See, I, I really want to be scared. I don't really want to be worried about it. I see the smoke and it's like, what does that smoke mean to me? That's, is that going to kill me? Is that poison? Is that what's happening? I got to get out of here. Like, so it, 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 uh, it's, it's nice to have that real smoke for like a, a more genuine reaction. She was great. She was she was awesome. I like to uh, I like to uh, um, record these moments. Like I, I, I'm such a um, a film geek. Like I just love it so much. Like every the process, um, the culture, of uh, being on a set, and just all the different kind of little magical moments of, of how they they make it look so real, and um, the lighting is so good. And when they're they're moving lights to make it look like you're traveling, and just all the little the little pieces. Fascinate me, and I love it so much. And I and I like to record it um, when it's appropriate, you know. But like, but maybe maybe sometimes when it's not appropriate. But uh, so I always have my phone going. would always look over, he's like, oh, he's recording again. He's got his camera. going yeah. I'm like, well, uh, you know, as long as it's not interrupting any any work, you know. Like I don't want to do that, but. Um, yeah, she she was great. We had a, we had a great time. I thought she was terrific. She was she was great. Like uh, that was a that was a great co-star to have to, to uh to work with. She's awesome.
1: Well, you you just. Yeah, uh, I just want to maybe follow up a little bit. I mean, you had alluded to the fact that you enjoyed working with Ray and Caitlin. And uh, when you were talking about all the, all the pieces of the set moving together and just the way it's kind of a well-oiled machine, can you speak a little bit about the experience of working with uh, Raymond, about working with Caitlin? And uh, did you get to meet anybody else in the ensemble cast?
4: I only worked with um, with Caitlin and Raymond. Um, so my um, my very first... Dave Work, I was in the makeup trailer, and um, I was getting my makeup done. And um, Mason was sitting next to me, and I was talking. And I hadn't met Mason yet, so I was just talking about um, uh, my work, and I had done a movie with my wife, Robin Lively. And I had said, "Oh yeah, you know, I did this movie," and, and someone said, "Oh, your wife, Robin, Robin Lively." And he's, and, and uh, so there's several people in the makeup trailer had worked with Robin on different shows like, wait, Robin. And then Mason said, wait, wait, Robin's I just did a movie with Robin. So they did a movie uh, in, uh, where was like I think it was in Nashville, but they hit it off and became good friends. So they immediately took a picture and texted to her. Like you have Robin's photo So that was great. That was a nice surprise. Mason was terrific. Didn't get to work with Mason. Caitlin and Raymond, I worked with both of them and they were, they were so great. They just such, such great that's what you hope for. You know, as actors, not on a series, someone that's been on a series is regular, ha- had their own show before. And then you come guest star on their show. People are not always full of um, gratitude and appreciation of what they have. And they should be. And it's so nice. when you get on a show and you could tell Mason, you could tell Caitlin or Raymond. They're just so happy to be there and, and uh, grateful for this gift that we all have, where we get to, uh, the actors on the show and work i mean it's it's so great but they were uh but again i i only worked with with uh, raymond and caitlin and they uh they they became quick friends they were they were quickly uh, uh my favorites they're great um
2: you you talked a bit earlier about the fun of being able to to work in a, a real cockpit and in a real plane um i'm interested you obviously spent uh, your your time in a in a uniform that could be from any era, but you were also surrounded by a lot of seventies makeup and hair and costumes. Can you talk a little bit about the the experience of being transported back to the seventies?
4: Um, yeah, the, the, it, it makes a big difference when when everything you're looking at is in the seventies because you want to you want to feel that way, and and it's obviously it's some work trying to trying to be. Um, <laughs> I, I think. For me, it was, you know, it was, uh, it's trying to be genuine to the 70s. Uh, so when this, when an older pilot is acting the way he does, which I, I don't, I, I can't imagine that happening today. Mm-hmm. If it did, it'd be like, what, what, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? <laughs> um, but I have to be more, more, I have to be 70s about it, you know, where it's like, oh, this, yeah, he's a, you know, he's a pig, you know, but do you do? He's you know, He's the boss. You can do what he wants. You know, it's it's. So I think there's like some some nuance there that um that is important to be realistic about. But um, it, it sure is great uh, playing in, in in an era when when everyone is um is participating in it with costume and, and uh, wardrobe and hair and makeup and everything. So um, yeah, the period stuff's fun. It's really fun.
1: Well, maybe since you're a pilot, you can settle uh, a a discussion that we had had in the wake of watching the episode. I assume you saw the episode the way it ended. And, uh, of course, Ben being Ben brings the plane down safely, (laughs) saves the day uh, because Ian went back and they landed with a simulation. And I was calling bullshit. As a pilot, Matt said, no, he did a simulation. He landed it safely the second time. I I mean, So he sees that that's within the realm of believability (laughs) badly. So you, as a pilot, finally we can talk to a pilot. They would have died, right? (laughs) Ben couldn't have landed that plane.
4: (laughs) That's pretty tough. Now, I've never, I mean, I've never, obviously, I've never flown a big plane. I I fly like four-seater airplanes. So it's there's tons of runway. There's plenty of you know, you really, the biggest concern is wrecking your landing gear. That's, that's, that's like a big concern is like you, you want to, you know, in an emergency situation, people are, are not necessarily necessarily worried about you living. They're worried about like, Oh, let's do this in a way. So you don't destroy the the landing gear. So it's like, okay, well, that makes me feel a little bit better. Uh, so yeah, there is a, there is a, I sometimes wonder, um, would you have killed everybody maybe, but (laughs) probably probably would have uh had a really really hard landing and uh wrecked that did. Plane, at least yeah 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 yeah, yeah so that's that's pretty realistic and then running off the runway is is pretty uh yeah. that's always my biggest concern what's on the other side there's probably homes there's probably <laughs> living there you know having a barbecue yes. and the plane's gonna just run them over yeah uh,
2: you, you had to you had to bring that up chris <laughs> No, well, it's funny. Now you're talking
1: about the hard landing and destroying the landing gear and running off the runway. And I'm sorry. Ever since I knew we were going to talk to you today, the theme to airplane has been in my head. Uh, and I just think of you in the in the in the coat saying over under, Roger Roger, because you had the same uniform on. You're drinking the coffee. People are poisoned. You know. It's, uh, I don't know if the episode was an homage or an an, an, invert an homage, but it oh makes my me think of oh, I love
4: that movie. So, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I know we're, we're talking a lot about Quantum Leap, but um, are there any other things that are coming up uh, in the future that, uh, that you're a part of that you want to tell our, our listeners about?
4: Yeah, I have a few movies. Well, this goes back to the conversation I was having in the, in the makeup trailer of Quantum Leap. I did a movie, I did two movies with my wife this last year, which is really unusual. Uh, and then after we did these movies, um, well, once, oh, gosh. I'm going to remember the names of them. That's unusual, guys. I usually don't work enough that I forget the names of what I've done. Like last year, I did <laughs> a bunch of jobs, which I'm so grateful for. And now I feel terrible and I can't think of the names of them. Oh, my gosh. What are the names of you're like um, you're like quantum quantum what quantum <laughs> <laughs> shoot. shoot i don't remember it's been a, it's been a few months now but I, i've got a couple hey, you know what check my social media i'll keep you updated everybody come on by check out my tiktoks and uh, my instagram and i'll be sure to tell you stuff but um it was you, I, you I got a to say this bunch on
2: imdb coming up so saint Clair, yeah, someone yeah. like you what rhymes with reason company called glitch oh, Frongite, okay. american paradise i'm like you're everywhere
4: Okay, so the, the ones I'm on, okay, so yeah, yeah, they're they're there. Could you do that list again? <laughs> <Yeah>. Uh <laughs> first, Saint, first is that Saint Clair oh, or Saint Clair? Saint Clair. Okay, I did. Uh, yes, yes, I did this movie uh, Saint Clair. That's with uh, Ryan Phillippe and um, Bella Thorne, oh, cool. and uh, it was cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Mitzi, this this girl Mitzi Prone uh, uh, is uh, the director. She's tr- great director. Great, great yes. director. Um, that I think that's going to be good. I, you never know, you know. You do independent films, yeah. and it's like, you know, you do Quantum Leap, and it's like if you watch episode to episode, you know, it's going to be a certain quality. You know, you kind of know what to expect. It's going to be it's going to be really good television. You do independent film, and it's just like I have no idea. It's like <laughs> rolling the dice, and I go like this. And I go, please, please be, <laughs> please be decent. And then half the time they're terrible and embarrassing. <laughs> and then every once in a while one or two or three you're like amazing and this is one this is one that could be could be really great another film i did what rhymes with reason is is mm-hmm. was such a terrific experience the director was so great the cast was so great and it's kind of like a like an 80s homage sort of a goonies kind of feeling adventure with some kids in their 20s but, but really really um, really nice it's really nice and and i think it's going to be a good film could you, could you tell me the other thing? I know you got Someone Like You and Company Called Glitch. Someone Like You. Someone Like You. Um, someone Like You is the, the film I did with my wife. And I heard it's great. I had just heard from some, somebody that saw uh, the, the whole film in post. And they said it's, it's a beautiful film. So that was really great. And the funny thing, I did these two movies with my wife. Now, we've been together for 25 years. So the fact that we've never really worked together is kind of amazing she was on a, a TV series for Amazon called Gordon McGibbons' life on normal street. She did 40 episodes and I got on there. I did seven episodes, but our characters, just cause you're on the same show doesn't mean you necessarily, you know, talk to each other. So, um, we were on this show and we, uh, uh, we, we did these, we did these two movies together, which was great. And then, um, we got cast on nine one one lone star, the Ryan Murphy show with Rob Lowe. And we play an engaged couple. They just got married by the way. So now a married couple on, uh, on Lone Star so that's that's been really fun and she's she is terrific to work with I love her she's amazing she's super talented she's a way better actor than I am so it's like it's it's just uh so great to to work with her I'm excited about those ones Kiss. yeah no
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I was going to ask, I mean, uh, being in the business and having um, your wife in the business, it must be somewhat surreal working, but I'm surprised it it took 25 years for you guys to do some projects together. And even then, yeah, I I was going to say, do you prefer, um, do you prefer working with it now? Is that going to be like a deal breaker? No, you got to get, you got to get Robin on (laughs) it. Otherwise you don't get me.
4: (laughs) Well, you know, to be honest, we kind of avoided working at the same time when we raised our kids, when they, when our kids were young, we got three, you know, young, young kids and it's really hard to work together. And we have uh, some people that tried to um, get us in their movies and they'd say, Hey, listen, we want you to, but we're like, "Oh, it's not It's actually really hard, really, really hard to do a movie together and leave town for a a month um, and be away from the kids. So it's it's, uh, this is new. This is new. Our kids are older now, so they don't really, uh, need us to, uh, drive them to school and that, that kind of stuff. So it's kind of, this is new territory. This feels like a, like a chapter two of our, our careers where we, we can actually do this and, and not stress out about being gone. So, uh, yeah, definitely looking for more opportunities. Matter of fact, we're, we're working on a couple things. We're, we're developing a couple things, um, series wise that we think would be really fun to do together. Cool.
1: Yeah, so I have I have one last question. Uh, what groovy beach are you surfing on today? Is are you in Santa um, Monica? Where is this? <laughs> is El Porto?
4: This is one of my favorites. Let me give you a little tour here, really quick. So this is uh, this is the north end of Manhattan Beach. Um, there's a couple different breaks here. It's not it's not big today, but you can see over here. Uh, it's it's nice. It's nice. You can see some guys ca- can you see some guys catching waves over yeah. here? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we come here early in the morning and this was kind of perfect because I thought, oh man, I finish my surf session, sit out on the rocks and talk to my friends who so are Quantum Leap. This is, this is <laughs> the best way to start the day I could I can imagine.
2: So,
1: like I said, the coolest guy we've ever interviewed, hands down. Hey, you guys, so. you guys yes.
4: come on down, I'll take you
1: surfing. You guys, come to <laughs> LA, I'll take you out. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like that will be a thing to see. You better have your camera out then, sir. No, would oh <laughs> it. Because my antics will go viral, I
2: promise. <laughs> uh, well, but you have been, uh, hands down, the coolest interviewee we've ever <laughs> spoken to. Uh, and what an amazing location. Thank you for sharing part of LA with us. Uh, while we could speak to you. Um, Yeah, just uh, remains to say again, thank you for your time. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thanks, guys.
4: It's been a pleasure. Anytime. Hopefully, I'll come back and visit Quantum Leap again and we can do this.
1: Yeah, that's it. We'll all three go on a set tour. It'll be great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And
4: and then we'll go surfing too, of course. Awesome. Awesome.